Experts, media commentators, and the Ramses have identified potential suspects in the case. Boulder police initially focused almost exclusively upon John and Patsy, but by October 1997, had over 1,600 people in their index of persons of interest for the case. Errors that were made in the initial investigation complicated the resolution of the investigation and applicable theory. Those errors included loss and contamination of evidence, lack of experienced and technical staff on the investigation, evidence shared with the Ramses, and delayed informal interviews with the parents. Lou Smith was a detective who came out of retirement in early 1997 to assist Boulder County District Attorney's Office with the case. In May 1998, he presented his findings to the Boulder Police with other staff members of the DA's office, concluding that the evidence pointed away from the Ramses. They were unable to successfully challenge the police department's belief that the Ramses were guilty. The DA's office sought to take control of the investigation. Due to the animosity between the police and the DA's office and the pressure to obtain a conviction, Colorado Governor Roy Romer interceded and named Michael Kane a special prosecutor to initiate a grand jury. Two of the lead investigators in the case were had opposing views. Both Lou Smith and Steve Thomas ultimately resigned. Smith, uh, because he believed that the investigation had completely overlooked an intruder the- hypothesis, and Thomas, because the DA's office had interfered with and failed to support the police investigation of the case. A grand jury was convened be- uh, beginning September 15, 1998, to consider indicting the Ramses for, uh, for charges relating to the case. In 1999, the grand jury returned a true bill to charge the Ramses with placing the child at risk in a, in a way that led to her death by obstructing an investigation of murder. Based on the probable cause standard applied in such grand jury proceedings, but Boulder County District Attorney Alex Hunter did not prosecute them because he did not believe that he could meet the higher standard of proving guilt beyond a reasonable doubt that is required for a criminal conviction. Mary Lacey, the next Boulder County District Attorney, took over the investigation from the police on December 26, 2002. In April 2003, she agreed with the federal judge who sat on to the to, on a 2002 libel case that evidence in the suit is more consistent with the theory of that an intruder mur- murdered John Bonet than it was the theory that Mrs. Ramsey did. On July 9th, 2008, the district uh, attorney's office announced that as a result of newly developed DNA sampling and testing techniques, touch analysis DNA, the Ramsey family members were excluded as suspects in the case. Lacey publicly exonerated the Ramseys. On February 2nd, 2009, Boulder Police Chief Mark Beckner announced that Stan Garrett, the new Boulder County District Attorney, was turning the case over to his agency and that his team would resume investigating it. Garnett found that the statute of limitations for the crimes identified in the 1999 grand jury true bill had expired and did not pursue a review of the case against the Ramseys. In October 2010, the Boulder police reopened the cold case. New interviews were conducted following a fresh inquiry by a committee that included state and federal investigators. Police were expected to use the latest DNA technology in their investigation. There was no new information gleaned from those interviews. It was reported in September 2016 that the investigation into John Bonet's death continues to be an active homicide case per Boulder Police Chief Greg Testa. In 2015, Beckner disagreed with the exonerating the Ramseys, stating, Exonerating anyone based on the small piece of evidence that had been proved to even be connected to the crime is absurd. 
He also stated that the unknown DNA from Dominique's clothing has got to be the focus of the investigation at this point in time, and that until one can prove otherwise, the suspect is the donator of the unknown DNA. In 2016, Gordon Coombs, a former investigator for the Boulder County District Attorney's Office, also questioned the total absolution of the Ramseys, stating, We all shed DNA all the time with our skin cells. It can be deposited anywhere at any time for various reasons, reasons that benign to clear somebody just to premise of touch DNA, especially when you have the situation where the crime scene wasn't secure at the beginning. Really is a stretch. Stephen E. Pitt, a forensic psychiatrist hired by Boulder authorities, said Lacey's public exoneration of the Ramseys was a big slap in the face to Chief Beckner and the core group of detectives who had been working on the case for years. What do you think of that public exoneration, Josh? <laughs> well, they need to get their shit together. Like, I agree. Like, while they may not have killed her, exonerating her was, exonerating them was definitely a mistake. I just think the fact that they, like, they were like, yeah, we're exonerating them. It's like, on Why? what? Like, what, what evidence did you have that said they're innocent? Like, there's. There was too much going on in any direction to actually say that, you know? Yeah, and even if they are innocent, like... God, that's... It, it, it's of my opinion at some point at... At, um... The least they should have been charged with obstruction of justice, at the very least. Right! At some point. And, like, they were so quick to rule them... Like it seemed like the 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 police wanted to wanted to prove uh, were went in wanting to prove it was definitely one of them, and the DA's office went in wanting to prove it was definitely the definitely an intruder, and neither side wanted to uh, was willing to see that you know there there is conflicting evidence in both in both ways. I think if any of them had gone in with an open mind, this case might have been closed already. Yeah. But the problem is that they all had their own pre-existing determinations based on the case that tainted anything they could have done. I mean, not and to we're ma- actually about to get into some weird things that could have happened, but... Not to mention the cops bang up job and on day one, on the day they found the body. Right. Also, I just want to make a, a quick statement about when they found the body, or before they found the body, when they found the note. Yeah. What? dipshit reads a note that says don't contact the police or friends and immediately calls the police and their friends i get the police but you're fucking friends so you ask uh, me they're all suspects at that point you don't fucking call anybody yeah also the fact that like it literally the the fact that literally the first thing that they did was call the police and like nothing happened to them as a result of that Just further proves it to me that that note is absolutely not like what it appears to be in any way. Well, the other thought here is, and I I actually had this thought when I was downstairs. Is it is there a chance that the the note is bullshit? Even if someone intruded the house, like that someone like wrote it to make it sound like they were going to kidnap her, but like then they got her down to the basement and realized it was more of a hassle to get her out of the house, so they just killed her. And then maybe just, like, blank on the note on the way out. Or, alternatively, they brought her downstairs and killed her, 
said, "Wow, they'll never think to look back here. I'll be I'll be way out of the out of the way by the time they find her." And you know, wrote the note anyway and left. I don't know. I think the note's too inconclusive to make any uh to make any assumptions based on that alone. Right. I'm just I'm just like giving the the thoughts. You know, I there's too much unknown in this case. Yeah, and just like it's just like it's just such a fucked up like it's just such a uh, like in like every it's just like it's a perfect storm of like everybody messing up and not doing their job. Like we find this a lot. So we're actually about to get into the theories. Like that's the part we're at right now. And the, this case has been broken down into just two very specific theories for a reason, and Josh and I have been referencing this throughout our discussion so far. Yeah. Uh, there is the family theory and the intruder theory. We're going to start with the family theory. Right? Are you ready to hear some of the family theory, at least what has been published in this completely unofficial article? Sure. There are two types of theories about the death of John Bonet. One is a fi- the family member theory. Boulder police initially concentrated almost exclusively upon the parents, John and Patsy Ramsey. According to Greg McCrary, a retired profiler with the FBI, statistically it is a 12 to 1 probability that as a family member or a caregiver who was involved in the homicide of a child. The police saw no evidence of forced entry, but they did see evidence of staging of the scene, such as the ransom note. They did not find the Ramseys cooperative in helping them solve the death of their daughter. The Ramseys had said that their reluctance was due to their fear that there would be there would not be a full investigation uh, for intruders, and that they would be hastily selected as the key suspects in the case, according to the Daily Camera. One theory is that Patsy struck Benjamin in a fit of rage after a bedwetting episode and strangled her to cover up what had happened, after mistakenly thinking that she was already dead. However. Patsy did not have a known history of uncontrolled anger. John Bonet's brother later said, We didn't get spanked. Nothing of the sort. Nothing close. Nothing near laying a finger on us, let alone killing your child. Theoretically, the strangulation could have been a red herring aspect to conceal the other elements of the assault and killing. Burke, who was nine years old at the time of John Bonet's death, was interviewed by investigators at least three times. The first two interviews did not raise any concerns about him. A review by a child psychologist stated that it appeared that the Ramseys had healthy, healthy, caring family relationships. In 1998, Boulder Police Chief Mark Beckner said during an interview with a news reporter that Burke Ramsey was not involved in the killing of his sister. In May 1999, the Boulder County District Attorney's Office reiterated that Burke Ramsey was not a suspect. The investigators had never considered him a suspect. The Ramseys offered a $100,000 reward in a newspaper ad uh, dated April 27, 1997. Three days later, more than four months after the body of their daughter was found, they submitted for the first separate formal interviews at the Boulder County Justice Center. In 1999, Colorado Governor Bill Owens spoke out, telling the Ramsey couple to quit hiding behind their attorneys, quit hiding behind their PR firm. A Colorado grand jury voted in 1999 to indict the parents. The indictment cited two counts of each of child abuse and said the parents did unlawfully, unknowingly, uh, did unlawfully, knowingly, recklessly, and uh, feloniously 
permit a child to be unreasonably placed in a situation that posed a threat of injury to the child's life or health, which resulted in the death of John Bonet Ramsey, a child under the age of 16. Among the experts who testified in the case were DNA specialist Barry Sheck, Sheck and forensic expert Henry Lee. On October 13, 1999, Alex Hunter, who was the district attorney at the time, refused to sign the indictment, saying that the evidence was insufficient for prosecution. The public thought that the grand jury investigation had been inconclusive. In 2002, the statute of limitations of the grand jury's charges expired. The grand jury's vote to indict was not public was not revealed publicly until October 25th, 2013, when previously sealed court documents were released. The case of John Bonet Ramsey, a show broadcast on CBS on September 18th and 19th, 2016, used a group of experts to evaluate the evidence. The group theorized that Burke hit his sister in the head with a heavy object, possibly a flashlight, after she stole a piece of pineapple from his bowl, perhaps not intending to kill her. They suggested that the ransom letter was an attempt to cover up the circumstances of John Bonet's death. On behalf of Burke Ramsey, his counsel filed defamation lawsuits against CBS, the producers of the program, and several of its participants, based on the current, uh, many of its claims. They're allowed to have their theory. It's a free country. Right. I think that's a bit of a stretch to sue for defamation. They're not saying you did it. They're giving a thought of maybe you did it. I, however, I also get it on his part where it's like, maybe he, maybe he definitely didn't do it. Cause obviously the police didn't think he did it. He was nine. Like, I'm sorry. What nine year old is going to walk up behind their little sister and whack them over the head with a heavy object because they took a piece of your pineapple. Kids are unreasonable. Like, just... I mean, yes, but at the same time, yeah. like, well, Okay. Let me let me take you through a quick brainstorm session here. Josh, you're a child again, right? Yeah. And you you have a sister. Is she younger than you? Yeah, I do. Well, I have a sister so, that's older and a sister that's younger than me. Okay, so we're going to focus on you and the younger one, right? This is just the, the fantasy thing, right? Yeah. You have a bowl of food on the, on the table. Yeah. You see her eating a thing from your bowl. Are you going to fucking whack her over the head with a heavy flashlight? Or are you going to be like, hey, don't eat that. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I'm not going to, but that doesn't mean he wouldn't have. Uh, more or less, the point I'm trying to make is logically, the that's a giant jump to make from she's eating your food to I'm gonna beat her over the head of the fucking light. When the logical response is, you see them doing it and go, "Hey, that's mine. Don't do that." And then maybe he pushes her. But, like, fucking saying he hit her over the head with a light? <laughs> I just think it's, like, a very, very far jump. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He could have also, like, pushed her and she fell over and cracked her head. You know, I would be more on board for that answer. But the fact that their answer was fucking, he hit her with a flashlight. Yeah, probably just dramatic dr drama theories you know what i mean but like if we're going with he definitely like caused it and the parents tried to cover it up like like him like eating a bowl of pineapple and her being like can i have one and him being like no and then she came and steal it anyway and him pushing her and she cracks her head and then falls unconscious and you hear and, and his parents upstairs just hear him go fucking die and then they're like 
John, uh, they're going to be like, Burke, honey, don't say that, as his sister's bleeding out on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's just what I'm trying to get at, is it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, but, like, I also don't want to discount the Burke did it theory altogether. Like, I think if Burke did it, I think it was an accident that they were trying to cover up. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's definitely not like, oh, he's a malicious, like, terrible little child who murdered his sister. He's a monster. Right. I will say, if any theory about it makes the most sense, it's what you said about it being an accident. Like, yeah. that he pushed her and, like, she hit her head or something. Yeah, kids, but... being, kids being kids and it was an accident and, like, yeah. But just when I hear them fucking say that, like, oh, he hit her with a flashlight, my brain goes, shut up. Like, <laughs> Like, what? you think this kid is just some mastermind that went, yeah, I'm going to beat her with a flashlight and tell my mom she fell. I don't, I don't think it was, I don't think, I don't, I don't think if Burke did it, it was intentional and then the parents freaked out and did it from there. Like it, like all, all of the, their actions and like, like, even if like John wasn't made aware of what happened right away. Even if Patsy was the only... Like, it would make also sense that only Patsy really knew. Right. Like, like, because, like... It would make way more sense to me if, like, Patsy was the only one on the one that knew. And then, like, he... She kept John in the dark until the day she died. Yeah, again, yeah, it all makes sense. It's just... Like, if we're, like... And this is just purely going on the... If Bert, you're, if you're saying like 100% Bert did it, like, yes, like that's the most, that's the most logical out of the, out of all of the options. It's in, like, I, I feel like it's very, it's way more likely than people are giving it credit for. Without saying that I like read too far ahead, my eyes got drawn to one thing in italics. Yeah. And you're not gonna like it, but it's gonna be a reference to something you said earlier. So yeah, no, I I know. So go ahead. <laughs> so now we're gonna talk about the second theory, the one that I'm more hoping is true, uh, which is the intruder theory. The police and the prosecutors followed leads for intruders, partly due to the unidentified boot mark left in the basement room where John Bonet's body was found. Early persons of interest included neighbor Bill McReynolds who played Santa Claus, former family housekeeper Linda Hoffman Pugh, and a man named Michael Helgoth, who died in an apparent suicide shortly after JonBenet's death. Hundreds of DNA tests were performed to find a match to the DNA recovered from during her autopsy. Smith assessed the evidence and concluded that an intruder had committed the crime. On the night JonBenet was killed, there had been two windows that were left slightly open to follow electrical cords for the outside Christmas lights to pass through. A broken basement window and an unlocked and one unlocked door. Smith's theory was that someone entered the Ramsey home through the broken basement window. This had been criticized because there was no there was an intact cobweb in the basement window. The steel grate that had covered the window also had been undisturbed had undisturbed cobwebs, and the foliage around the gate the grate had been undisturbed. There were also cobwebs in the tracks of various windows, and dust and debris were some were on some sills. Smith believed the intruder subdued JonBenet using a stun gun and took her down to the basement. JonBenet was killed and a ransom note was left. Smith's theory was supported by FBI agent John E. Douglas, who 
who had been hired by the Ramsey family. Believing the Ramseys were innocent, Smith resigned from the investigation on September 20th, 1998, five days after the grand jury was convened against the Ramseys. While no longer an official investigator on the case, Smith continued to work on the uh, on it until the, his death in 2010. Stephen Singular, author of the book Presumed Guilty, an investigation into jo- the John Bonet Ramsey case, The Media and the Culture of Pornography, 2016, refers to consultations with cybercrime specialists who believe John Bonet, due to her beauty pageant experience, could have attracted the attention of child pornographers and pedophiles. It was determined that there had been more than 100 burglaries in the Ramsey's neighborhood in the months before John Bonet's murder. There were 38 registered sex offenders living within two miles radius of the Ramsey's home. In 2001, former Boulder, Boulder Colorado prosecutor Trip DeMuth and Boulder County Sheriff's Detective Steve Ainsworth stated that there should be a more aggressive investigation into the, of the intruder theory. One of the individuals whom Smith identified as a suspect was Gary Howard Oliva, who was arrested for two counts of attempted sexual exploitation of a child and one account of sexual exploitation of a child charges in June 2016. According to Boulder's Daily Camera, Oliva, a registered sex offender, was publicly identified as a suspect in an October 2002 episode of 48 Hours Investigates. The killing of John Bonet, The Truth Uncovered, broadcast on A&E, on September 5th, 2016, concluded that an unidentified male was responsible for John Bonet's death, based on the forensic DNA analysis of evidence. In the documentary, Lawrence Kumblinski stated that an unidentified male committed this crime. The district attorney's office investigating pedophiles indicated to former Denver prosecutor Craig Silverman that the district attorney's office followed the intruder theory. The Ramseys followed the a developed relationship with District Attorney Mary Lacey, there we go, that's a great name, in her office, which was criticized by authorities such as the city's mayor, Leslie L. Durgan, Silverman said. Once you have conceded the possibility of an intruder, I don't see how any Ramsey could could ever be successfully prosecuted. Gordon Combs joined the office as an investigator under Lacey when they were testing JonBenet's clothing for touch DNA. He also said that Lacey strongly supported the intruder theory and talked about it with staff. Although he was not directly involved in the case, he said he was told not to voice opposition to the theory because he might lose his job. It just seemed weird, the whole premise of this attempt to influence the entire agency, he said. Yeah, it just seems fishy and suspicious to me. I just want to point out the part that like got me was the fucking child pornography thing. Like you and I are both thinking that at the beginning. Like we're not we're not dumb. Yeah. Like I was thinking it, you were thinking it. Let's be honest about that. I still don't like reading it. <laughs> yeah. Like if the intruder theory is correct, I don't. I don't see any. Uh, I don't see any way that they were involved anyway. Because like the no the the no signs of a forced entry or anything like that. The note, the, the, we're, and we're still talking about the note, you know, and like, you know, it just like, it, it screams like, it screams like they were in cahoots with somebody who did this to her or they did it her, themselves, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe, yeah, that was not the original intention of what, whatever they're like, 
gross deal with their daughter was, but... So the thing that has me about this whole thing, right? Yeah. And just to be, like, kind of transparent about the deal, um, I look at this whole case, and it's talking about the burglaries, like 100 burglaries. They never said anything was missing from the home. Except for, like, a small piece of a fucking paintbrush. Yeah. I'm sorry, if you're breaking into a home and you're going to go through the trouble of murdering a six-year-old, you might as well take something for your troubles. I'm not condoning people to steal things, but at the same time... Yeah. You're you're breaking into a house on Christmas night. Right? You can't tell me that you're just breaking in there to kill a six-year-old. Unless you're that fucked up. Like... It, that's why the burglary theory to me doesn't make sense. And it has to be, if it is an intruder, it has to be someone who went in there with that goal. Yeah. Like just saying that there was burglaries within the, the area. All right. So what? There's burglaries everywhere. I don't, the per, if the, if, if we're, if we're going on the intruder theory is definitely correct. That's like the most bullshit reason. It's no, like, there like were burglaries. No, fuck that. Yeah, no, the person who went in, the, if, if anybody who was not in the family went into that house that night, they had an intention. They completed their intention. Or even if they were, like, trying to just kidnap her and it went wrong. Yeah, like, it was... But still, something happened. It wasn't just fucking... It was not a, a burglary bur gone south. It was not a burglary gone south. It was not a burgle burgle... It was not a burglary gone south. There's, there's just that it doesn't make sense. So I'm gonna preface this next bit with a lot real quick. If it wasn't for the fact that they've confirmed this is a false confession, this would be the number one suspect for me, and this would be who I believe it was because I just want to see the person behind bars. They're a despicable human being. Even if this little bit doesn't say that, you'll get it. I just want to see him burn anyway, like, seriously. Right. I just want him to be locked up. And actually, we're going to get to that, but apparently they're a she now. Oh. And we're going to cool. get there. Cool. John Mark Carr. Mind you, this is called False Confession. John Mark Carr, a 41-year-old elementary school teacher, was arrested in Bangkok, Thailand on August 15, 2006, when he falsely confessed to murdering John Bonet. He claimed that he had drugged, sexually assaulted, and accidentally killed her. According to CNN, authorities also said they did not find any evidence linking Carr to the crime scene. In his confession, Carr had provided only basic facts that were publicly known and failed to provide any convicting details. His claim that he had drugged JonBenet was doubted because the autopsy indicated that no drugs were found in her body. DNA samples were taken from Carr, taken from Carr did not match the DNA found on JonBenet's body. On October 26, 2006, Carr sent an email to Bill Hammonds of Bill's List seeking an, a literary, literary agent to help publish a manuscript that some might find controversial. Carr later sent emails under numerous pen names, including Daxus the Conqueror, Dark Prince, or D-R-K-P-R-N-Z, and Alexis. Carr later changed legal name to Alexis Valeron Reich, or Delia Alexis Reich according to a Washington state driver's license, claiming to be a transgender woman. However, this was denied by Samantha Spiegel, who gained a restraining order from Reich, 
who alleged Reich only intended to undergo gender reassignment surgery to get closer to younger girls in a child sex cult called the Immaculates. That's nice. So, Alexis Valerin Reich, Delia Reich, whatever the fuck your name is, fuck you. Go burn in hell. <laughs> That's, oh. And I don't care. I'm calling them out on this podcast. Fuck you. Burn in hell. <sighs> At worst, you're a you... shitty human being. Yeah, worst, you're a garbage human being. Like, first uh. off, you're a garbage human being for saying you did this, even if you didn't. Exactly, yeah. Like, that's just, you're a piece of shit for that. Then then we go deeper, and we find out that, like, you wanted to become a transgender woman, possibly to get closer to younger girls in a sex cult? Fuck you. <laughs> Even if that's not true. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, that's just, uh, that's just new information that I didn't need to know. Same. I read that below, and I was like, I'm, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't like it either. That's rude. That's that's real bad. So there is one more section. I'm not going to read it because I just don't think it's worth the time. Yeah. Um, it's talking about all the defamation lawsuits that were involved in this case by the Ramsey family, etc. Them being like, "Hey, you accused us. We're not guilty. We don't. We don't need to get into it." That's that's added details that, like, quite frankly, I don't care about, and I don't know if anyone actually does listening to this if you do please look up the case read it yourself and we've already we've already explained about how we don't think uh how we think how like, we don't the, think it's how we how we think the defamation lawsuits just make him seem more guilty right i just i don't i don't want any part of it like you know what if you if you people want to learn about it go for it i've i've spent my time on john bonnet i'm good <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, official theories, I guess, from us. I think it's an intruder. I don't got anything concrete. Honestly, I don't think they'll ever solve the case. It's a shame, but honestly, on the other side of it, maybe it's better that way. Patsy Ramsey <laughs> took the secret of this case to her grave, and I will not be convinced any other way. What if Burke just has the, the answer, but he refuses to answer it? I don't think he would know, even if he, if even if he did did it, he was young enough that I wouldn't be convinced that the mom didn't. I'm, I'm with you on that, by the way. I'm just again, I like to play devil's advocate with stuff. I'm no, yeah, even if it even if it 100 was him, like he was young enough that I would be that I would believe that if he did do it, he has no recollection of it. Of actually, and his mother done. sitting there going, "Yes, Burke, you did my dirty work." <laughs> I mean, not that, but you know what I mean. But maybe. No. Anyway. Not, not, yes, you did my dirty work. More like, oh, God, I got to clean up the mess that you made now. Basically. Yeah. Anyway, I, I'm that's... completely kidding when I say that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's... that's, that's the time i've got on this do you have anything else you want to add no <laughs> no we've 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 been on this for we've been on this for almost a two-hour recording session now um the next case we do i'm not sure which one it is yet but i promise it won't be as depressing as this granted it's still going to be about murder so i can't promise too much but at least like it won't be about the death of a six-year-old murder case that's not as depressing hmm. i mean 
go for it, I guess. I mean, we could just find good conspiracy theories and talk about that instead if you want. Yeah. Turn into fucking Alex Jones. <laughs> no, please, God, no. Do you want to know where I got these scars? <laughs> Alright, have a good night, everyone. <laughs> have a good night, y'all.